The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back to our podcast. Thanks for joining us as we take a few minutes out of our day today to be in the Word of God, to study the Word of God, and to learn a little more about Scripture and, of course, about Jesus Christ and about the Lord. And we're glad you're with us today on this Tuesday morning and joining us. And if you're watching this live, we greatly appreciate you joining us at that point. Uh, maybe you're watching this later uh, because if you're work scheduled or listening to this in the audio format, uh, we're just glad you're with us. We are in the book of Colossians. We started this last week, and we'll take the next few weeks as we go verse by verse, section by section, through the book of Colossians, trying to answer the questions and trying to uh, just bring out, unpack what the Bible says. Our desire in this is never to create a scenario that doesn't exist. It's never to come with our view of something and have the Bible prove it. We literally come to the Word of God, unpack it. What does the Bible say? What does it mean for us? That is true Bible study, by the way. Uh, you should never have an opinion of what you're looking before and have the Bible prove it. You should always go to the Bible and then let the Bible conform your opinions. So we were talking, um, was it yesterday, we talked about the idea of the blood of Jesus. And we saw that in verse number 14. And, and why is that important to us as Christians? And why is it not considered a horrible conversation, if we can put it that way? We're going to move on. I, I, I need Before we move on to verse 15, I think I need to make sure you understand the context. Because the ver- first part of verse 15 says, who is the image of the invisible God? It starts with who. Please remember the verses were not necessarily inspired by God. So the verse breakdowns, the numbers, they were placed in there by human preachers. So this is one continuous thought still going through here, uh, written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of Class. It was a letter written to them. So when we ask who is the image, we have to go back. This is how you do in study. Sometimes if you start a verse and you say, well, it's referencing something, but I don't necessarily know who it's referencing. You can't just throw a name in there. You need to go back a verse or two and find out, well, who is he referencing? If you go back up to verse number 13, um, verse 13, we know from earlier, he's talking about God. And he goes, Who hath delivered us in the power of darkness, catch us, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So now he's referencing his son, Jesus Christ. And then, of course, his dear son, verse 14, who gave us redemption through his blood. So we understand that this is still referencing Jesus Christ. And so, again, this is important because Gnosticism and other types of doctrines were working its way into the church at Colossae. And one of the greatest aspects of these type of things is simply... Um, eliminating the deity and divinity of Christ. Christ was, they would say, he was a, a good man and maybe a prophet, but not necessarily God. And frankly, anybody who says that God, excuse me, rephrase that, anybody who says that Jesus is not God, that, that pe- those people are cults, right? They are not of God, they're blaspheming, they are cultic. And there's a lot of religious beliefs today that would say Jesus is the brother of Satan or Jesus is not really 100% God. They are what we would call a cult. Anybody who does not place Jesus, as the highest of divinity in their position, would be in its original realm, cultic. So let's go on to verse number 15. He says, who is Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? So we start off with the idea, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He, When he came to the earth, he came down as a picture of God Almighty. Now, we, we sit back and say, but I thought Jesus was God Almighty. This is where we come in to the term, the Trinity, the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They themselves are all God. All three of them are 100% God, and they have three different 
and I say attributes, but three different aspects how they how they work. Jesus came to the earth and he died on the cross. God is the one that established the plan of salvation. Jesus purchased the plan of salvation. The Holy Spirit convicts us and helps us to understand the plan of salvation. Um, Jesus came to the earth and purchased salvation. The Holy Spirit is in the church today. He's living in our lives and he indwells us and, and encourages and teaches us and convicts us and things of that nature. So we understand that God is 100% God. Jesus is 100% God. The Holy Spirit's 100% God. They have different offices, different roles, I guess you'd put it that way. Um, you say that's, you know, that's not as complicated to understand. It is complicated to understand that there is one God in three parts. And sometimes we say I don't fully understand. Fortunately, I don't have to fully understand everything about God to trust him. As a matter of fact, if I could understand everything about God, I'd be a little more worried that I, in my human, finite, immature mind, spiritually, can really fully grasp all about God. If my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think, he has already conquered the earth and all those things, I hope that he's beyond my comprehension. I hope he's beyond my ability to understand that he is a true, truly the God. So he is a, a picture of the visible God. We can't see God the Father, but we were able, the world was able to see Jesus uh, in the flesh. The, and it continues in verse 15, said he is the firstborn of every creature. Now he is the firstborn. He was, simply put, he was there before anything in this world was created. Now verse 16, kind of breaks things down. Now, the first thing we need to understand is, is by him were all things created. This is another picture of the deity of Jesus. We know that from Genesis 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, one unique thing to look at that, if you wanted to dig deeper, if you go up and study up the words in that first verse, in the beginning, God created. The word God is plural. It's not a singular word, speaking of just one being. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All of them were there at the creation of the earth. What's simply saying is Jesus was not created. He's always been. And so that those, the three of them were there, and this is the picture. We go to John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was the beginning with God. Speaking of Jesus, the Word, the Bible, all of that was there at the beginning. Before we and the earth and any of it were created, God and all of these things existed. He wasn't created from someone's imagination. He wasn't created, um, someone just kind of brought him up. He was there. He created us. By the way, it's important. He wasn't created by us in our imagination. He created us. Think about the difference there. He's not an imaginary figure like some kind of Marvel, Marvel figure. Right? He is almighty God. He has no beginning and he has no ending. He was there. You say, well, what did he do all that time? Time didn't exist. And don't even try to figure it out. When we get to heaven, we'll have a better understanding of it. Well, he continues and talks about how Jesus was involved in the creation of verse 16. For by him, by Jesus, were all things created. Things that are in heaven, which would be angels. Things that are in earth, that would be us and animals and things of that nature. Visible and invisible humans and, and, and spiritual things. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, which is all what describes Satan. All things are created by him and for him. Now, the Bible tells us that in Ephesians 6, you know, we wrestle not against flesh, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, world, spiritual wickedness, and high places. Yes, God created them. Now, God created them as amazing, beautiful angels. Satan and his army betrayed God and rebelled and was kicked out of heaven. And that's where we have Satan and his armies. They weren't created evil. They chose to be that. God has always given a level of free will, always given free will, because worship's not worship if it's forced. And so everything that we see is created. Why is this so important? Because 
When we come back and we see the omnipotence, the sovereignty, the power, the, the ever-presence of God, we see all of this, that everything we have is not a freak of nature. Don't get me wrong. Much of the science world wants today wants to say it's a big bang and, it, and it's an accident. Can I say something? It's a, it's a bit trite, but I think it's very truthful. It takes more faith to believe that what we see every day is an accident that exploded from something that didn't exist. The Big Bang, that nothing was there but something blew up. It's in that we can't even connect what they claim to be these original evolutionary creatures to what we have today. You don't even see it today. Uh, it takes more faith to believe all of that than it does to believe that there was a God who loved us and created us in His image. Now, the reason people don't want to believe that is because if I believe that it's what they call intelligent design, that God created us, and I have to recognize that I'm accountable to my Creator. You can deny that, but it is undeniable. It is factual. And that is what we need to recognize, the importance of God existing before the earth, the importance of God creating us. We are His creation, and yes, that means we are accountable to Him. For by Him are all these things created. Then he says in verse 17, He, Jesus, is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Everything that's happening, everything that's here, was created by God for His pleasure. Now, sin has ruined all of it. Adam and Eve came in the garden. They had an absolute utopia. They were given the best of everything you could possibly have, and one of those things was a tree. I do not believe the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was better than the rest. It was just the same. It was just a tree in the garden. And God said, of all the trees you can eat, they're all the same, but just don't touch this one. It wasn't better. It was just one thing that God said, if you love me and you obey me, stay away from that one thing. And they chose not to. They chose to sin, and because of that sin, now we have sin in the world. Um, and unfortunately, you see, you want to blame God for that. It's easy for us to look back and say, my decisions and my failures are God's fault. Uh, we live in a day where we got to take responsibility for our own actions. Fortunately, God in His grace and love sent His Son to the cross to die for us, to deal with our sin, to pay for our sin, and offer us free salvation. These foundational principles are important because you may find someone teaching and they may sound good and they may sound right and you say, I don't even fully understand how to, what's wrong with what they're saying. Get back to the foundation of their view of Jesus. Get back to their view of the position of Jesus, where Jesus was, was he created, where was he when creation took place, what, where is he in the Godhead. When you start getting an understanding of the view of God, of Jesus, you get a better understanding of whether they're right or wrong. That's what you really one of the key things you want to look for. And so as we continue to dig into the book of Colossians, these are some of the questions we'll look into. The reality, the omnipotence, and the sovereignty of God. The more you learn about the greatness of God, the more strength and comfort you can have. That God is powerful enough to help you through whatever it is you're going to face today. Well, thanks for joining us today on this Tuesday morning and give me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate any opportunity to teach the Word of God. We hope this is a help, hope it's an encouragement, and we hope you join us again tomorrow.